0: Yeah. Welcome to Paradigms on WBKM. This is episode number one hundred and ninety, Sunday, August second, two thousand fifteen. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to another episode of Paradigms. Baruch here with you, another Sunday night in Burlington at WBKM, bringing you inspired, inspiring people with visions of a viable future for life on Earth. That includes humans. Tonight's guest is a very extraordinary musician. You may have heard of a band called the Dolomites. Our guest tonight is the founder of the Dolomites, Stephen Koji Bayanu. We'll be talking with Stephen about the music, the inspiration, all the good stuff that we like to cover on Paradigms, and listening to lots of music from the Dolomites, which is very unusual and amazing, and I think you'll like it. Really mind-expanding music and fun. So that's our guest for tonight. That's what we'll be doing. I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy yourself. Here is the first part of my conversation with Stephen Koji Bayanu on Paradigms.
1: <music>
0: Stephen, welcome to Paradigms. Thank you. So I just got turned on to the Dolomites and have been listening to uh, your trilogy of the years in Japan. And it's Mm -hmm. really, I hear a lot of different things in there. It's amazing music, and I'll play some for listeners. But could you just tell us about yourself and how you got into this music and what the Dolomites are? Because I know there are Dolomites all over the world.
2: Sure, sure, sure. Well, the Dolomites... Uh, this is essentially something that I actually first conceptualized and started in Oregon, actually, when I was living in Portland back uh, yeah, back in the 1900s. <laughs> um, and uh, at the turn of the century, uh, we did a few tours and stuff across the US. Eventually, Tom kind of went from here and here, and he was in New York for a while, then to Tokyo uh, or Japan. Actually, it was the first in Japan where I just started to tour on my own for the first time because I was used to traveling with a bunch of people and managing them and you know and also booking shows and that it was it was kind of a heavy workload. So um, anyway, so long story short, uh, I just started to uh, you know tour around Japan alone, and then all of a sudden, some people would just like end up playing with me uh, whether it's a drum here or there. And it wasn't at first it wasn't, uh, organized. It was just, I kind of, uh, naturally organically happened. And it was, it was great because I was just like, wow, this is a, this is a way to go. So I did a booking myself. I, I asked the promoters or whatever, if they can find me a drummer or a tuba player or both, depending on what's available, you know, because not always a tuba player is available. Um, but uh I, I really love the tuba because it comes from you know I really love balkan music I, I really like it. I just like the, the organic feel of the bass I mean I like bass in with but it's just you know this is like you know acoustic bass that's like as powerful I feel, but anyway, so yeah the the music that uh, I do it kind of stems from uh, uh, my my you know my mother was Japanese and my mo- my father Romanian. Maybe because of the fact that I was born near Stonehenge in in, in England. Who knows? Uh, Maybe I I picked up some kind of weird... uh, Who knows what it is? is The Stonehenge energy or whatever. And so I like stuff like ancient stuff. Like uh, as far as I I can go back, it it has an influence on my um, composition. But, you know, I also studied ethnomusicology, too, when I was in college before I dropped out and realized that I don't need to pay money to learn how to book tours and travel around the world and play music. So, But when I was in college, yeah, I was very interested in the gypsy music. And, you know, even before that, all kinds of African music, you know, Latin American music, Indian music. And, you know, so I'm a lover of folkloric older types of music. Like I think anyone else, I I tend to not just like eating the same thing every day. Uh, You know, I don't know. I mean, I guess there are some people that like to just eat hamburgers, but I like to change my palate a bit, keep it interesting, you know. So that's why I, I, you know, blend all these, It's you know, this mestizo or like the stew of different cultures of music and, you know, put it in here and there and what have you, so... I hope that kind
0: of answers your question. Well, it does. You can really hear it in the music. I listen and I hear ska and I hear klezmer and I hear African rhythms, and it's really a lot of stuff together. And and if you stop listening for it and just let the music take you, it's just this, it's kind of wild and uh, enjoyable, and, and I think, you know, a good thing to shake someone up. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. When you travel and you find local musicians and i wonder if there are any uh particular experiences that stand out from doing that
2: well i mean every instance stands out to me because uh i'm always amazed at uh, either I, f- I feel very blessed and lucky to have uh be able to come across such talented and amazing musicians that can just pick it up and you know it doesn't take long for them to get how the music works. And and the thing is, you know, sometimes musicians want me to send them the tracks, which is fine, you know, um, but I actually prefer them not to hear the music at all. And then it's like when we first meet, then that's when we're doing it. And, and so that they, don't have any kind of preconceived idea of what they should be playing. Because, uh, you know, I always tell people to ask for the music ahead of time before I show up that you can listen to it as a guideline, but I do not want them to play exactly what's on the CD because I want them to put their own flavor and give it a new flavor and give it that local flavor when I'm there. And, and that's that's part of what keeps the music fresh for me uh every time, like I said like going back to your question, like what stands out is like what stands out to me is like you know for example, I'll go to a remote place like for example Ishigaki in Okinawa, you know, a very small island, maybe about a few thousand people population but you know the drummer there i I hook up with him and I haven't seen him in like three or four years, and but we just play and it's like wow, it's like we never parted. It's like we just picked up where we left off. And that, that stuff just amazes me, you know. I still play with the original drummer that was drumming with the Dolomites uh, in Portland uh, when we do shows. And it's just that always amazes me too. That's like, wow, these guys are just solid and they just really, you know, can communicate well. or just, They just feel it. And I, I love that.
0: That was the first part of our conversation. Now let's get into the music we're going to be listening to a number of selections from the dolomites first we're going to hear something called tsunami kamikaze here are the dolomites on paradigms on wbkm I told you this music was going to be fun, didn't I? Well, that was the Dolomites. We heard Aria Maria from the album Japan Years Trilogy. And before that, we heard Tsunami Kamikaze from an album called 8-Bit Balkan. Now let's get back to our conversation with Stephen and learn some more about who he is and what he's about. Music really transcends mind, It goes beyond perceived limitations. People have uh, something they want to share from the music, or maybe they're just having a really good time with it. It's different for everybody, and yet there's this sort of this common thread through all the arts, music, any kind of creative work. There's this this aspect of oneself that is completely, uh, I want to say, honest, that can't hide. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of curious about your own musical journey like what were what have been your inspirations musical inspirations or other inspirations have called you and pulled you in this direction cuz your music's unusual it's 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 very spontaneous and alive very alive well
2: well thank you I appreciate you uh making that observation and comment what called me into it I guess it's it's one of those things that is like you know it's kind of unclear really because it's like, you know, uh, you know, like, you know, some people like pizza and some people like hamburgers or like some people like sushi and what draws you to certain types of foods, you know, and what, you know, does it, you know, like what other foods that you just don't like, you know, but for me, I guess what was a real big inspiration to me, I guess when I first saw Tom Waits, uh, at South by Southwest, when the Dolomites were invited to play there, that was the the biggest treat that uh, could have came from South by Southwest. Because really, playing South by Southwest can either be worth it or not really worth it. But that year was really worth it because Tom Waits was there, and that was the first time he had played in you know live in like three or four years. But for me, he's definitely a huge mentor of mine. I've never I have yet to see anybody. Else that can top his show or his performance and his relationship that he creates with the audience, you know, and I I really like that, you know. It's very rare that that you uh, have this kind of personality that just communicates very well, you know. Some, a lot of musicians just play their music and, and that's it. Tom waits goes overboard, uh, over the top of that, you know, and, and I'm very very attracted to people that can convey this kind of energy. But going back to my younger self, I mean, what got me into music in the first place was just like uh these crazy theme songs of T V shows in Japan. And uh, I really liked them and I was like, okay, I, I wanna play some music. My mother suggested violin, but, you know, I i I did it for a while but it just didn't seem right, you know, and then then guitar and all that other stuff, and finally, uh, accordion is what really, really, um, kind of because it was a challenge, I guess. Because guitar is pretty simple to me. I, 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 I wanted to do something that kind of stood out a bit more, or was not was a little less conservative. I guess. I guess everybody, you know, back in the nineties, everybody was playing guitar, and just, I just didn't want to do what everyone else was doing. <laughs> So, you know, um, going back to my, uh, my upbringing of part of what I am, the Japanese side, I'm, I'm yeah, very, very interested in love, like these old Japanese melodies, you know, because I, I could see a connection between that and uh, some of these like gypsy melodies, you know. They have this like kind of very soulful, Basically, I just like stuff that makes, you know, gives you uh, goosebumps and music that can do that. That's what I, uh, I like to try to emulate if I can. But I think it's important to uh, also bring in, all you know, the, the, the emotions of happiness and comedy and, and, and sadness and, and happiness, you know, and, and love, you know, and passion and, and putting all that in a show. I think that creates a, a more realistic element of, of what life is because that's what life is. Life is is not just all funny games and it's not all just pop music and it's not all just happy and not all, all just sad and not all just angry, you know. So to to, to incorporate all those different elements it, it brings this kind of more real true element of what life is about. And that that all sets, you know. I don't know if that makes any sense or if I answered your question properly or not, but uh yeah.
0: Makes yeah. lots of sense and you used the word communicate a number of times, both talking about Tom Waits and talking about um what you admire and, and then you talked about what you're communicating and so clearly you're coming from a place of having something to say. And it's not something so simple as words, but goosebumps. That's powerful communication. Goosebumps.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so, you know. Um I, I think it's it's not worth doing something unless it's you can take on that challenge and 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 try to create goosebumps. You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> like creating goosebumps is not easy. <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs> no, no. Yeah. Not at all. It, and you can't fake it. Yeah. Hopefully we're all lucky enough to have someone that we look to as a mentor, whether it's someone we know or someone we don't know. It's so great to have an example of how good you'd like to be at something and something to aspire to. It was very cool to hear about Stephen's experience with Tom Waits at South by Southwest and what that meant to him. Okay, time for more music. The Dolomites have an album that they came out with way back in 2002 called Medicine Show. Here is the title track.
3: At the medicine show, the charge is low for goods of value high. The mother that taken and the husband alike. Shall I just a thing for you Were screw it down with them, the ball Christ the slums of shabbat They, have grist, boasting they pastures, the grids, posting on they the devil's To the and by the shepherds screw we set fire to water, drowned, we're we're devil, the water, of Christ we're and now we burn. We've been down with the Throwing in the seventh, they shammer the antichrist, pulsing, untrusted, drag struggle. the devils Bastards, we're the shepherd screw We've been down with the buttercrystalline the seventh, they the antichrist, trust they struggle. the devils we're by the shepherd's screw Sing acres away from the bottom of the we'll drink, or die, and the We'll the rest of the, the son and the box, and the we away from the bottom so of my planet, we'll drink
0: From the album Hogshead of Whiskey, that's the Dolomites with Lobotomy Bay. And before that we heard Medicine Show. And now let's get into the next part of my conversation with the founder of the Dolomites, Stephen Koji Bayanu. One of the, the, the reasons I do this radio show is to bring inspired, inspiring people because I think we all need to hear about inspiration It's food. It's good. And there's so much in the world that people are faced with and dealing with that's difficult and challenging. And so one of the things I'm curious about is what do you see happening in the world that uh, inspires you or gives you a sense of possibility?
2: It's a, it's a trick question, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> uh, you're, trying, you're trying to get me to admit to something that I didn't do. No. Um, well... Well, throughout my travels, you know, I come across all kinds of different people and uh different scenarios and different types of nature and and what have you, but um uh more and more these days I you know, what what's really giving me goosebumps and, and then move me is uh, different, uh, you know, uh, well, let's start with water. I'm a big fan of water, not just drinking water, but the ocean, uh, rivers, uh, waterfalls, uh, hot springs, bathhouses, what have you, uh, the ocean, you know, maybe I already said that, but, um, Cenotes. I don't know if you know what those are, but they're like these sinkholes that are in the Yucatan. I actually spend most of my jug- uh, time in the jungle, the Caribbean jungle, because of these things. These were, cenotes are uh, these water holes that uh, the Mayans believed to be sacred uh, gateways to the underworld. But anyway, you, these kind of things, uh, just, uh, you know, the natural beauty uh, of life, you know, not just water. But you know the people that I come across too. It's like you know when you when you have a good conversation with somebody or whatever. You know that that can give you goosebumps too. You know it's it, it's it's not just uh, music or art. You know it's, it's it's just like living life. You know, even you know strange situations. Uh, you know <laughs> that can be that could be uh, yeah that can move to do stuff too. Uh, and even, even the bad stuff in the world, you know, all this like corporate money-hungry, you know, controlling stuff that feeds energy to create uh, something that, you know, it, not, it gives you kind of this fire, too. We were talking about water earlier, but here's, you know, the fire end of it is the stuff that kind of makes you angry and that makes you want to speak out. and be like, no. I don't want to be a part of that system. I want to create my own system and, and or whatever, or just whatever you can to to put out there and uh, whatever voice you can. I think um, there's so many variables with that question that you know, because I mean, essentially we're influenced by everything, you know, like every little thing, anything from the toilet to uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Whatever to the kitchen.
0: Another thing I have been asking people about lately, because I'm curious, is uh, about the the idea of justice and what does that mean and what would a just society look like? And I wonder if you want to address that one.
2: My feeling of justice is the most important comes from the individual first. Okay, if the individual first. Can live a life uh, of being just and right. And, you know, sometimes we, we, we mess up and we maybe we do some things wrong. But if we do something wrong as an individual, or whatever, we have that opportunity to correct our wrongs. And vice versa, if we, we are uh, as an individual doing things right, then we pass on those rights. And, and, and you know, so I think the most justifiable thing to do is to, as individuals ourselves, be as, uh, you know, to be as just as we can, you know. And, you know, and the problem sometimes lies where people can't see that, you know. And that's where it becomes tricky because then that's when all this, uh, bunch of injustices happen, you know. Racism, discrimination, you know, sexism, all that stuff. You know, and me personally, yeah, those injustices have always kind of disturbed me, and I, I try to stand up for those injustices when I can. But sometimes it's it's weird because it's a, it's a matter of energy and how you because you know you could waste a lot of energy by getting really angry or do things uh, like maybe this Occupy movement too, which is like kind of making a big stink and then but is it really effective you know and questioning you know maybe at a certain level it, it is but in a certain level it's not so it's it's really difficult to really see what exactly is justice and not but to me to get back to the the core of the question is i think it really does stem from us individually and to, to just be as just as possible and and, and you know, that's justice right there. I guess you know, uh, if if the individual is uh, uh, aware enough, the problems come when we, you know, individuals and as and society becomes unaware. I think
0: awareness, and I think one of the things you said that was most interesting to me, and all that, was that it's not always easy to see yeah. what is and is not just. That's a good thing to to remember. That's a good thing for me to remember it's not just it's certainly not clear cut all the time
2: no it's not you know and it, and it also too it, it becomes uh more of a challenge as you know we get bombarded with media and stuff and you know that's always mm-hmm. trying to trick us into thinking one way mm-hmm. over the other and, and just kind of misrepresenting the story or whatever then then you're like you know what so where is the justice what happened to it you know it's Ice cold, even you know, and it's like mm-hmm. the thing. And then we freeze.
0: Well, as Joni Mitchell said, "It's justice, just ice."
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly.
0: Hmm.
2: When that ice melts, like does it flood the gates of hell and or, or open up <laughs> the gates of hell? You know, you know, yeah. it's like yeah, who knows? You know, so
0: justice, a just society. I'm asking people those questions a lot because obviously we are dealing with a great deal of injustice around the world and certainly in this country, the United States. So I always appreciate it when people are willing to talk with me about that. And I also think that the the fact that nature is one of Stephen's big inspirations, I think, for many of us, maybe even all of us without even knowing it, nature is... Well, nature is in us, we're part of nature, so of course that inspires us literally. Let's get into some more music, and then we'll be back with the fourth and final part of my conversation with Stephen. Here's another piece from the Japan Years trilogy, it's called What? You're listening to Paradigms on WBKM. What?
4: for the afterlife, life This water of life Described by heaven or hell was offered to gods From ancient Egypt to Greece To China, India, Rome Sun, drink to the moon, drink to the land and drink to the sea, drink to heaven, drink to hell, drink to think and think to drink, drink to life, drink to death, drink to the very last breath.
0: album The End that was The Beast by the Dolomites and before that we heard What from the Japan Years trilogy and now here is the fourth and final part of my conversation with Stephen Koji Bayanu of the Dolomites You have an interesting brain I I like uh, I like I like that you you are very non-linear <sighs>
2: Yeah, I try not to be. You know. <laughs> maybe maybe from um, being born near Stonehenge or something like. That. Maybe I, you know, maybe some shrapnel from outer space entered uh, my uh, system or something like that. I don't know.
0: <laughs> All of the above. All of the above. Right. Uh, so uh, being this person who clearly, is, I can't imagine you've you know been really good at fitting into a box or sitting in straight rows or walking in a line. How has that been for you to be, your, you know, yourself in this world that often uh, calls for conformity?
2: It, it, it's a gift and a curse at the same time, you know, because, uh, you know, for a while, yeah, I definitely struggled with it because I felt like uh, I didn't really quite fit in from anywhere. And uh, I don't know where exactly I, I fit in the most, but uh, but that, you know, I always kind of have felt like uh, an outsider in a way uh, wherever I go, Especially, I felt like that in, in Japan. No matter how much I could speak Japanese, I don't look Japanese. And also, my thinking, too, it's, it's not as boxed mentality as uh, it's a very, generally speaking, Japan can be very like that, too. And in some parts of America, too. you got the conservative sides of people, and, you know, there's a little, you know. In the off sense, though, um, it definitely the benefit of that has been it's 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 connected with me a lot, with a lot of alternative uh, thinking people, and I'm I'm a generally an open-minded guy, I, you know I, I give everything at least one chance, and if it's good then it's good, and if it's not then okay, then I just you know it's just one part of things that just doesn't agree with me, and I just it's okay, we don't have to agree with everything. And it's impossible to, you know, because, you know, there's just so much stuff in the world. I have become more comfortable with it, but I, I've recently found more, com- most comfort in, uh, in, the, in the real jungle. I've been living in concrete jungles, you know, New York and Tokyo and, you know, all these different cities. And I found I, I feel most comfortable in the actual real jungle, the Caribbean jungle. And, um, I don't know, and then Latin America, especially Mexico, I, I have a big interest there because it's not, it has this European feel to it, but then also there's this uh, amazing twist of this Mayan culture and the Aztec and all this other kind of stuff. So it really interests me and uh, I, I I don't know, I almost feel like I, I fit in better there than I did in Japan or in uh, the States or wherever, you know. Uh, because yeah, you know, not everybody is into my stuff and I don't expect everybody to be, you know, Uh, you know, you can't expect everybody to, uh, like everything that you do. And, and, and so when I, when I came to acceptance with that, it's just, it's more comfortable. It's fine. You know, like I said, you you can't like everything, you know, and you can't dislike everything either, you know, but I guess some people can, but, (laughs) but you know, or and you know, and some people like and the opposite too. Some people like to pretend like they like everything. Oh, that's great! I love that. Oh yeah, I love this. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, it's like lying to yourself if you're thinking that you like everything. You know, and love everybody. You know, which is possible, I guess. But I don't know. Well, life
0: is life is enriched by contrast.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you know, yeah, definitely. You need the the yin and the yang. You need the, the black and the white. Uh,
0: Absolutely. Where do you hang out in the Caribbean?
2: The the Yucatan Peninsula. Sometimes I I spend my time uh, near the coastal uh, area of like Playa del Carmen and Tulum and Coastal and Mm -hmm. stuff. But uh, more so these days, I'm more inland. It goes deeper into the jungle. So I I gravitate towards, yeah, I'm closer to Chichen Itza these days uh, when I go back to Mexico. But of course, I have. You know, I, go, I have work in Oaxaca and the the big city, Mexico City, and stuff, so I have to go there. But uh, if it's my choice, I, I I'm 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 near to so.
0: Stephen, thank you for talking with me, and I really enjoyed talking with you and hearing about how you see the world, some and and. Uh Love sharing your music. Thank you.
2: Oh no, thank you. I, I, I loved um, you inducing my uh, and, and and pulling these answers out of me, and um, I enjoyed uh, talking about these things with you. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, hopefully one of these days uh, we'll get to meet in the uh,
0: in person. Well, thank you, Stephen, again for talking with me. Nowadays there are so many people. There are so many variables. There's so much for us to pay attention to, and deal with and sometimes it can all feel like a bit much and then you come across music like this and someone like Stephen who is just couldn't get in the box if he tried there's so much room for all of us to just be who we really are in spite of the demands of a society that says conform conform we don't have to creativity is the key So thank you, Stephen, for your music and your example of someone who's not living in the box. We'll be back next week with another episode of Paradigms. I'm going to leave you with one more track from the Dolomites. This is also from the Japan Years trilogy. It's called Yato Yata, Finally Done. Have a great week. See you next time on Paradigms. This is Baruch signing off.
4: Passa, 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 passa,
0: on WBKM.org.